Welcome to Truest Blood, the official True Blood podcast. I'm Kristen Bauer. And I'm Deborah Ann Wool. And you've been invited in. I want to do bad things with you. Welcome back to Truest Blood, where we sink our fangs into the series bite by bite. This week, it is all about fashion. We get to talk with the incredible Audrey Fisher, the artist behind every piece of clothing on the screen. Even with the regular state of undress <laughs> on the show, it was still an enormous job to clothe everyone each week. Yeah, I mean, our cast list, I mean, it must have been hundreds of performers every single episode. Yes, and for Pam, hair and makeup and wardrobe huge. was huge, huge, huge. But first, let's have a quick bite. How to look like a true blood vampire. Step one, subtlety is key. If your look screams vampire, you'll just scare all those pretty little breathers away. Step two, no added chemicals. While true blood vampires may not be cruelty-free, they are prosthetic-free. No pointed ears, bumpy noses, or droopy faces here. Unless, of course, they got hold of by a witch. Step three, lightly corpsify. Use cranberry eyeshadow to rim the eyes and aged blood illustrator to rim the nail beds. Then cover up that pesky human flush with a perfectly matched foundation. This is undead chic at its best. Step four, rule of cool. Leave that dewy look for the warm-blooded. When you don't sweat and your heart don't beat, best powder yourself down for a matte look. Step five, when you're all done for the night, grab the set favorite, Dermalogica Pre-Cleanse. Hashtag not sponsored. And wipe it all away with a warm towel. Otherwise, you'll find folks at the checkout line the next day wondering if the morgue is missing a body. Or alternatively, you could hire the exceptional makeup artist and head of the makeup department for all seven years of the series, Bridget Ellis, who flawlessly captured both the supernatural and the au natural looks the show requires. Audrey Fisher has to have been one of the most influential, creative, kind customers that we have ever worked with. Um, she was actually born in Germany, but she studied at NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. She's worked in costumes and theater all the way from Austria to L.A., just across the map. Yep, and then she jumped into television. She cut her cloth and the fabulous production of that 70s so show. True Blood was actually her first show as head costume designer. She was with us for all seven years. And of course, now she's sought after. She moved on to Man in the High Castle, Barry, Love and Death, Great to just shows. mention only a few. She's also a cat mom. <laughs> I'm going to cry. A wife and just one of my favorite people. Yes. Start the tear I track. Know. I know. We, we had to make sure everyone had tissues before we oh. even started our recording with Audrey. Seriously. I'm realizing yeah. it's like, well, I knew this, but as I go to talk about it, it's such a close relationship that I have with you and yeah. Pam and True Blood, right? It's just, right? Yeah. <laughs> Audrey would always notice that I say that a lot, right? Right. Well, it's interesting because I think when we talk about like interdepartmental relationships and friendships and things, there are certain departments that like never cross, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. others where you would meet with every single cast member and potentially, I mean, every director, every writer, and potentially a lot of other departments Every episode, multiple times, costumes really being one of the most uh, <laughs> infectious, maybe, uh, <laughs> uh, departments in a, in a TV show. Yeah, you're right. You, you know, I, now that I think about it, we're one of the only department heads that really goes into all spheres. Yeah. 
and and gets to meet yeah. all of the actors, obviously, and sort of interact intensely, more more intensely with some, you know, right. more casually with others. But yeah, we're really in the room with everyone all yeah. the time. Suzuki Ingerslev, you know, we've been hanging out mm-hmm. um, recently because we just did a last our last project right. together, and um, uh. she's always saying to me. I mean, I'm always realizing how little she has to do with the actors. Yes. And it always blows my mind. We spoke with her. Yeah. And we were like, we don't really know you, you know, as much as even though we shared the show together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of hard for me to understand that, you know, Mm -hmm. because for me, nothing goes without a very intimate relationship with every actor. Which is incredible for me. Yeah. And and it is mm-hmm. very, it is to see you both of you. It just immediately takes me back to those, all those times just walking into the fitting room. And I mean, how many fittings? I, 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 how I don't even know how many fittings. fittings. I mean, we wondered if you had stats like that, you know, like <laughs> we did dozens. one for every episode very conservatively, but we didn't do one for every episode. We did multiple, multiple. Mm hmm. Which is yeah. one yeah. of my questions later. Okay, so oh, yeah, let's let's start okay. where we usually start, which is okay. How did you get the job? Mm-hmm. How did you join the True Blood universe? <laughs> oh yes, okay. How did I get the job? That's a great story, and I've really enjoyed listening to everyone else's stories. Mm-hmm. So my story, you might have heard before. So the first job I had in let me see, two thousand was on that 70s show mm-hmm. as an assistant designer. Yeah. <clears throat> maybe, sorry, maybe it was a couple years later. Anyway, I assistant designed. It was my first big like Hollywood costume job. I had come from theater at the Mark Taper Forum I'd been mm-hmm. working and previously in New York, I had been designing little tiny shows. So I got the job uh, with Melina Root, incredible designer. And then I went on to two seasons of that. And then we did another very wonderful, but not very, it didn't have much of a life, that 80s show. <laughs> which was so awesome. But um, that was one year. And anyway, it was at the end of that 70s show that the whole, all the stock was being sold. Mm. And Danny Glicker Mm. is an incredible costume designer, dear friend. He had come to check out the stock, the 70s stock, because he was doing a movie called We Are Marshall, which you Mm. might know, remember Matthew McConaughey. It's like Mm -hmm. a football uh, Mm -hmm. kind of drama. So he came Mm -hmm. to meet with us and look at the stock and he and I immediately vibed (laughs) and I was wearing like a dashiki Uh. and my hair was really big. And he was like, I need this person on this next (laughs) 70s project with me. And, you know, he knew that I had this intimate knowledge of this stock and the stock was incredible. Anyway, so he basically offered me the job and I went off to do my first big movie. And then it was after We Are Marshall that he got... um, True Blood. So he had been wor- he had worked with Alan Ball on Towelhead, and then Alan was like, "I'm doing this crazy vampire thing. Do you want to come do the pilot?" You know, and Danny was totally interested, and we it was a sort of logical progression for me to assist him. So we started okay. the show, and it was amazing. And I, you know, I got to know Anna and the Merlots T-shirts, and you right. know, all this like amazing early stuff. And we were at that the lot that's like the where Lucille Ball did everything it's over there um I can't remember the name of that lot but it's the one that's east of Highland yes I was gonna Um, say yes central I can't remember either it's changed names anyway so we started out there it was very cramped it was totally you know it was like very it was it was really like by the seat of our pants And so I got to know everyone. It was great. And it was like crazy and busy. And we were going along. And guess what? The strike. Yeah. The first mm. strike happened. WJ. After, yeah. So after the pilot, then we came back and we did one, two, and I think three, and then strike. Right. And mm-hmm. everything shut down. And it was like, whoa, what's going to happen? And then basically during the strike, Danny was offered milk, the movie mm. Milk. And he was uh, able to take it because I don't know why, but it was in San Francisco. So he essentially went to do milk and and basically pitched to Alan that I take over the show. Wow. And I was oh. like blown away, wow. so honored, so scared, uh, <laughs> so thrilled. Yeah. Um, and Alan said, sure. You know, that was the most, <sighs> that was the kind of the most beautiful part was that Danny had given me that sort of like, you know, alley-oop. Right. And then Alan 
rubber stamped it. And suddenly, you know, we came back from the the strike and I was the designer. And then yeah. I basically, you know, I it was my baby yeah. from that point on. And I stayed on till, you know, the whole thing. Because it was such a, you know, it had it 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 had represented such a major break in my career. And it sort of mm. got me into this position, you know, yeah. as the head designer. So that's how I that's how I did it. So I was there from the beginning and sort of, yeah, took over starting episode four, I'm pretty sure, season one. Oh, amazing. Yeah, because so, that's yeah. when I started. <laughs> right. I, I, you had the same episode. Four, right? right? Yes. <laughs> Right, in Long Beach at Fantasia when we put you on that that roller thing. And your dolly truck. (laughs) Yeah. And you I put you in that giant corset like it was like three feet long and lace, 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 lace. And you were such a champ. And you were literally like except for when the camera went out, you were a zombie because you had just come back from where? Malaysia? The Philippines, I mean, right? Philippines. That's your story. Philippines? Yeah. Yeah. And the Philippines. Were, like, I was a zombie. A, yeah. Yeah. I mean, except for you were totally, <laughs> you were telling me you were a zombie, but you were still completely there for the fitting and completely like there for everything that happened. But you were saying you were a zombie. And then I had to get on the skateboard. It was the first time we tried to make vampires fly, and it really was not (laughs) successful. They edited that down to like two seconds, 1.7 seconds. Yeah, we were all learning. We were evolving (laughs) as the time goes on. Yeah. Yeah, and Eric still had that wig. Yep. Yes. (laughs) Because that was his first night, too. We started on the same night. Well, that's so amazing. That end, I'm sort of curious about like establishing a character's look and then evolving yeah. that over seasons. Because mm-hmm. what an interesting mm-hmm. experience to work on so many characters over such a long. I mean, you're lucky to get a show that lasts seven years, period. I mean, yeah, but much less one that had these kinds of resources. So you know, we're talking yeah. about looks that were established with you and a partner that you're yeah. then taking on and making your own. And and how does yeah? So how does that process go over the years? Yeah, I mean, the good thing about, a, you know, sort of a, a multi-episode, multi-season show like True Blood is that there are so many storylines that are yet to develop. Like, for instance, you know, Kristen, it's a great example. Like, yeah. Pam was completely your and my sort of collaboration, right? So big time. that was something we started. Mm-hmm. And, and also Eric, mm-hmm. I guess, right? I guess Eric was mm-hmm. also season, I mean, episode four. So what's beautiful as a designer and as assisting for a previous designer and then becoming the designer, it's sort of like he, he started it and I was able to sort of run the ball down the field, but also deal with so many other exciting new characters that went into so many strange new storylines, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, True Blood is sort of a dream job because you got to, you know, I got to do medieval times. I got to do like pre, like prehistory. I got to do the 1880s. I got to do the 30s. I mean, it was little bites, but still. Right. Um, so interestingly, guess, maybe not the 1970s again, even though that was that's right. Where you we did kind the of 80s. Come Funny. That's right. We never did the 70s. That's so. that's interesting. But yeah, I think that you, when you have a designer who passes off a project, it requires a sort of lovely connection between the two of you. And he trusted me to sort of carry on his vision and he knew that I would bring my own. So, you know, it's kind of like the perfect, it's like the perfect gift to me. And also yeah. the fact that he developed so many of the, you know, the cornerstones of yeah. the of the looks that I got to carry on. I don't know. It's just a wonderful, and we're still besties, you know, so we talk almost every day. And the fact that Alan said, sure. I mean, that is, we hear that from everybody, that there was this enormous trust yeah. Yeah. to create is is staggering. And did you, do you feel that, that that relationship was different on this show than other shows where you're sending pictures? So, right, we have the wardrobe fitting, we take pictures, we laugh a lot. Yeah. We ha- I mean, it. we had so much freaking fun in that because... I have Truly. so many things to say, but but one of them is that Pam without Audrey Fisher is a different Pam. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's like, I mean, come on. I mean, that Pam, 
I think you're the largest contributor to my creating that character. And well, and how does that I, work? So you have the the fitting. We would have multiple fittings. So that's another question I have. But how does that work? We yeah. take pictures and then you send it up the line to the director yeah. and the producer and Alan. And how mm-hmm. is that different on this show than other shows? Mm. So much, so much in there. Um, so much good stuff in there. Okay, let me take it back to Alan saying, sure. I mean, to me, that is that really speaks to the, the uniqueness of True Blood and the fact that this all was happening, you know, in what, 2007, 2006, you know, that we started so long ago. I, and also the fact, like, I don't know about you two, but I look back and I think an in-town show for seven yeah. years. Yeah. And oh I'm like, gosh. that that's that was like, I cut my teeth on this miracle. Yeah. And, and how yeah. magical that we all got to go home every night and have these beautiful... Yeah. I mean, I usually took the summer kind of off because mm-hmm. I knew yeah. I'd work. I worked my butt off. Mm-hmm. I had you know money saved up. I was able to take a break. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I did a pilot, mm-hmm. whatever, but then I could go back to work. It was almost like a school schedule. Yeah. I mean, right. I dream of this now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. The minute I left our show, suddenly I was in Vancouver and Thailand mm-hmm. and Hawaii mm-hmm. and Texas. And while that sounds mm-hmm. great, it, as we all know, it's so challenging for life. Yes. Um, so yeah, I have to say, I think working with Alan, he's sort of a, he's an unusual and I think not very, a, a person like a, like a sort of creator and showrunner like him is sort of one of a kind. And I feel like is from a previous time in production because he had so much yeah. control. Mm-hmm. He had so much trust from the studio, right? From HBO. He was like a mega hit maker. And then we had mm-hmm. all of these amazing kind of names coming together, incredible actors and incredible designers. And everyone was like at the top of their game. And he just like let everyone run and do their thing. And the fact that right. he loved Danny and the fact that he saw, I mean, he saw how hard I worked and then he saw how well Danny and I collaborated. And so when Danny said, I really trust this person to take over, it's like, it's such a natural, it almost sounds like a friend relationship, right? Yeah. Where he would say, okay. Mm-hmm. And somehow, I don't even know how that worked, but I think he just informed HBO that's what was happening. I love it. Like, Nowadays, that would never, I mean, it would be, it would be so many like meetings and concept meetings and you'd have to present and you'd have to do this, like just that kind of simple handshake and handoff. Right. Astonishing. Mm. And I'm so, I feel very fortunate that I was able to experience that. And then I have to say that sort of largesse of um, Alan's extended to the way that he show ran. So, um, Mm -hmm. That's another reason that I, I'm sort of I've sort of been ruined by Alan because we've all been ruined. Yes, <laughs> I know because the way that it worked with Alan was that he was just the top of the pyramid. So I would, you know, at the beginning of every season, I would get the scripts and I would kind of make. I don't know if we all got all the scripts at one time. So I got as many scripts as we had, right. and I would make sort of mood boards for each character. Yeah based on some of the big events that were unfolding in the scripts. And I think usually there was sort of like maybe a Bible that sort of gave you a sense of the way that it would unfold, the season would unfold. So you had a sort of sense of the highlights. So I'd make mood boards on boards, right? <laughs> like cutting, mm-hmm. Xeroxing, <laughs> printing, running out of ink, Cutting scissors had to be sharp. Magazines. Yeah. Magazines. Inspirational like, quotes. Yeah. Like old school. Yeah. And, and I remember collage. glue sticks running out. Yeah. Collage. Glue sticks running out and oh, um, putting different heads on different bodies if I didn't like, you know. The, yes. And then I would walk over with giant boards. I remember walking across a lot, like in the wind with the boards, oh and I would get help from my PA. <laughs> And then he would set aside, you know, a, a chunk of time for me. It's not like I had 10 minutes. Right. I had like an hour. And we would basically wow. talk through every character and he would look at the boards and he would be like, yeah, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, like that. You know, there was honestly, 
it was so rare that he said, I'm not sure that feels right to me. Mm. And that's how he would say, I don't like it. He would Mm. never say, I don't really like that. He would say, I'm not sure that feels right to me for the character. Like it was so elegant and so kind. And it really, to me, always made me feel Mm. like it was, he was saying like, thank you for this perspective. I really thank you for all this work you've done. That doesn't resonate for me. Can we look in another direction, right? It's like the way that you always wish to be spoken to as a professional who's bringing your heart to this every meeting. Yes. So after that meeting with him, I sort of felt like it was a conversation that he and I were having about each character. And then, you know, the sort of next conversation partner was y'all, you know, walking Mm -hmm. into the room. So I would go out and like get everything I needed for every fitting. And you know how I work. I sort of got lots of great choices and lots of sizes. And that's how I feel you can have the most efficient experience together. And I want to make everyone feel like there's really a lot of choices and we're going to have a lot of fun. And so, you know, then you all would walk in the the room and that's when really we would do that alchemy of making, even if it's in the back of the truck, Deborah Ann, right? (laughs) Our first fitting was in the back of the truck, which to me was like, that's how I never want to do it. (laughs) Like I want to make a beautiful, peaceful, you know, setting where everyone feels great. And it's like, this one marched into the back of the truck. We pulled a little curtain and she, we did it. And I, I, anyway, so, you know, you can also do it in these kind of like less than wonderful conditions, right? You, that alchemy. I got the full treatment down the line. It's all down the line. Yeah. So after having the fitting and really getting to know, you know, what worked and kind of what resonated for the actor in the room and also thinking about the action Right, like Kristen, with your corsets, we would have to decide: could you right. breathe in it? What were you going to do? The shoes? Could you right. walk in it? What you know? What what was? Could possible? you stand on wet sod in stilettos? <laughs> right, I know we never really nailed that, and I feel like there's new things now, you know, for that. Like putting anyway, there's all kinds of new like heel devices. Yeah. Um, oh really? And I'm sure, Deborah. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird like clear plastic platforms that has a hole for the heel and yeah anyway and and Deborah I'm sure there's times where you and I were figuring out like are your are my boobs gonna pop out or you know can I lift my arms (laughs) Mm -hmm. can I scream like can I run Mm -hmm. right so is it gonna get dirty is it gonna get bloody is it it gonna get ripped is it gonna you know yeah do I have to how many of these can we get (laughs) right yeah Yeah. how many can we get oh my god these questions you know so yeah, I learned. I mean, that was a, such a huge lesson. But anyway, so then that's a whole other right <laughs> oh, we'll conversation. Get oh my god! Anyway, <laughs> so just so I would take the pictures with the camera, then print them out. Right, wow. I had to have those little like photo printers. So I think we figured out how to do it. Then you know, slowly, slowly, mm-hmm. we got better. And then if, eventually, I think it was on the phone. But in the beginning, mm-hmm. it was printing things out, making a board, mm-hmm. and either mm-hmm. and then taking them to Alan. And he would approve them Mm -hmm. in person. And then I quickly realized the best, like I quickly realized it was easiest for us because we had such a good Mm. kind of way of communicating. I could email the pictures Mm. and he was okay with that. So we could speed it up. Okay. But, but what I want to tell you is that he would basically say, love it. That's how he would approve. I would say, what do you think Uh, about this for, you know, like Pam, when she goes to the brothel and whatever, mm. love it. That's it. Wow. And if he didn't, That's wasn't it. sure, he'd say, you know what? I think maybe we should try whatever. And that was maybe mm-hmm. one out of 20 mm. responses. Mm. So most wow. of the time I was getting this incredibly wonderful, solid, totally kind feedback. Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. Love it. Love it. So it was just like, I felt uh. so... Right, it just makes you feel so oh. wonderful, and when you tell me so appreciated, that and would seen make me feel. And... It would make me feel brave too, right? Also, like yeah. if I felt like I'm likely to get a good response, or at least a compassionate no, I might yeah. try more risky things or like push my own boundaries. And that's it, like exactly how right. positive reinforcement can really bring out the best in your team, rather than what so many mm-hmm. leaders use, which is yeah. negative nitpicking. Right. Or, you know, one of my least favorite, the worst kind of feedback I ever got was, I don't hate it. Right. (laughs) Like, what? 
So what do I do with that? Why did you I say like, the okay, H word then? <laughs> and I remember when that happened with that particular, you know, it was a theater director. Yeah. I, I also thought it was just, he was just being sassy. Like he didn't right. hate it at all. He thought it right. was fine. He wanted uh, some other choices, but that was just his kind of like right, right. nitty kind of mm, bossy way of being like, okay, it's fine. Right, Instead right. of just saying, mm-hmm. yeah, that looks good. I'm not sure, but okay. I don't hate it. <laughs> I that's I right. always remember that's... that as a lesson, like hmm. how not to respond to someone yeah. who's bringing you a creative option. Yeah. So, okay, so the way that I got it done with Alan, especially effectively and efficiently, and this is what I always try to recreate in all my other jobs Mm. um, since then, is I would take the love it and I would forward it in an attachment with the attachment of the photos to the next like people. So basically it would go Mm. from love it, Alan, forward, you know, to whoever the director was like, Hey guys, check this out. And it would have the see like, see attached. Alan's happy. And it would say, Alan, love it. And then the picture. So I sort of used that as a banner, like, Hey, look, he loves it. And it was rare that I would ever get any negative feedback after people realized that he had already given such a sound approval. And that made everything go much faster because I didn't Right. And it was just like my little thing that I did where I just forwarded with his comment. Cause it's different than saying Alan loves it. When you see Alan's email attached, yeah. it says love it. Then you're like, okay, well. Well, now you all have something to rally behind. You all have a, you know, a, a vision that maybe originated with you that is then approved by Alan that now others can build off of. Exactly. Which is kind of goes to my next point, which is we start to see as the seasons go on more and more, especially with Pam plot points revolving around the clothes so the writers are writing to you know outfits that pam might wear or lafayette or you know these iconic things and and how cool that must be to like read a script and be like oh they gave me a moment you know uh fun yes and you know who was really the king of that uh alex Wu. yeah right Uh. he would he would he was always he would actually call me and of course we, we worked into that relationship, but you know, he's got that kind of brain where he wants to know what it is before he really writes too much mm. about it. So he would get an idea and then he'd call me and say, so, you know, if Pam were to, you know, and he'd start talking about the scene and he wanted a certain outfit or a certain color and whatever, and we'd talk it out. And that to me was also so respectful that he would take the time to actually ask the costume designer how this might look so that I didn't have to read it like read something that didn't really make sense and then try to figure it out later and have to go back to him. Like he just set it up beautifully so that we could collaborate early on. And then I I could already start looking for that, for instance, if it was something really unusual or special, I could already start figuring it out like, you know, weeks in advance, which of course, as, as you all know, is like, that's it. Like having time to get these things done. Um, That really never happens uh, that I've seen before or since is, that amount of time that we had with the scripts and we could have, mm-hmm. we would have a glove fitting for Pam. We would just try on gloves <laughs> at this one fitting. Just gloves. And that, right? We would have a yes. fitting. <laughs> we would get to have multiple yeah. fittings for that masterpiece uh, dreamy. that we would create. Dreamy. That just, I mean, that amount of time and ruminating in our heads about what yeah. was to come was so special. And take me back. Do you, <laughs> I know. Take us back, please. I'm clicking my heels right now. I, I mean, this is a question people ask me. What are your what's your favorite line from seven years, which is impossible? And I'm about yeah. to do this oh, to right. you. I know. But are there okay. <laughs> like things that stand out in your mind? As like, oh my God, that was hell, man, that was, I really learned a tough lesson, (laughs) that costume, you know, or fabulous ones that you're like, I'm still awfully proud of that thing. Mm -hmm. I have a couple to jog your memory if you need it, but yeah, I need to. Okay. Okay. See, much like you just said, it's so hard to, I mean, my mind just races with so many, there's so many, and there's so many funny stories and there's so many like oopsies. And 
mm-hmm. oh my God, it's amazing. And, you know, it, it's just like a sea mm-hmm. of memories. It's like an acid yeah. flashback. Like, I, oh, I was going to say, I went through, you know, Reddit is always hilarious ah, for yes. like best, right? Yes. Best right. Pam outfits. Right. Best Jessica outfits. <laughs> and like, there are unbelievable collages. Like I came across one that's nine pages oh of God. like a grid <sighs> of 12 color coordinated. Oh so it was God. like, all the oh. pink outfits, all the yellow outfits, all the red outfits. And that really that really what got that me going. Like Audrey to look at that and be like, somebody loves my work and is so inspired by it that I they mean, took that time. It's just I mean, I'm incredible. not in the least surprised, you know, that 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 someone would do that with this show because of just the quality of it. But I mean, was, it is amazing. It is yeah. the best. I don't know even how I'll start crying. I don't even know <laughs> how to talk about it because it's so incredible and surreal and to like look at those Mm -hmm. nine pages and be like oh my god like and that's only a minute you know a tiny bit of like everything anyway no it's amazing to have Mm -hmm. that kind of that kind of um response to what we all did together is so joyful and I still get emails from people about costumes and like where did you get this or I love that Mm -hmm. or I want this Mm -hmm. for my wedding or it's still yeah. And honestly, whenever I meet new friends or get to know people or I'm at a like a work event, I, I swear to God when I say so they're like, So you what have you done? You know, and you start saying some things and it's kind of awkward. And then I'm like, Well, I'm true blood. And they're like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Right. Because it's, you know, it's it's in the it's a it's yeah. it's been a while. So it's like I I sometimes kind of wait and then I and then I feel like I, well, I'm gonna say it because and then it's mm-hmm. always like this huge lovely reaction. Yeah. It's amazing. A, a little side thing, because it just started airing on Netflix, I just yeah. read that True Blood is now like in the top 10 worldwide watch shows on Netflix right now. Wow. So oh it has gosh. these these resurgences and these ups and downs. And, you know, I'll go a long time without anybody ever recognizing me or asking about True Blood. And then all of a sudden it'll be like one week, a whole bunch. And it's yeah. because of some trend yeah. like that, you know, some algorithm decided that it's time for True Blood to be watched again. Yeah, I was I think it's time for me to rewatch. I mean, mm. I find it like I'm sure for you both, isn't it sort of like an acid trip when you watch something that you've been in or, or worked on? Like it's almost impossible yeah. to watch it, watch it. Yeah. Maybe now, yeah. but well, like we're for doing me, it for yeah. the first time now. It's oh, not right. easier, right? <laughs> it's not it's easy. easier. I remember you it's, guys saying that. It's easier now, yeah. and I do find myself because I'm supposed to be taking notes. I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. working, and then yeah. 20 minutes will go by, and I'm just sitting there, like you know, watching TV, enjoying myself. So, right. so you can. Usually when I come back on screen is when I'm like, no, oh, okay, I'm supposed to be working. <laughs> but, right. Right. But I'm constantly, I mean, Audrey, we, Pam and you and me, we just had a freaking yeah. ball. There's so much that was so specific <sighs> about it. There yeah. was never an earring, mm-hmm. a, a ring. I'm trying to think of like the, the smaller things that you didn't have put so much thought into. And the red leather dress you got on eBay, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. you found The jumpsuit, that. right? Sequent jumpsuit. The sequin jumpsuit. The, That's on my list say, of iconic ones too. <laughs> can we say what that was? Please. Because it was you, yeah. you executed this incredible knockoff basically, right? Right. Right. That Actually, that's one of my faves. Yeah, because it was a YSL. It was in the magazines. It was in all fashion magazines. Oh. This extraordinary YSL. It was on all the ads. This beautiful. It was exactly right. A red sequin, V neck, black yeah. velvet bow, um, sort of like a tapered leg. And I was obsessed with it. And I was, I mean, had to make it for you. And we found this beautiful Mark Jacobs fabric and it looks so incredible on you. And I found, I can't remember who made it. I feel like we had to get someone special in to do it because we didn't have enough time in the workroom. So I think Henry came in. Anyway, so another amazing cutter fitter came remember. in and did it. Yeah. Anyway, you looked extraordinary in it. Mm-hmm. And then we got those big, crazy chandelier earrings, those red, big red rhinestones. And a couple of months later, I got a call from YSL. <laughs> and and they asked me they were like hey we saw we saw the show and you started to say we were so happy that you were able to use the you know was that our 
was that our jumpsuit? It looked so amazing. And I was like, well, uh, you know, and I think I called um, legal before I called them back. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, what can I say here? And they were like, it's okay because, you know, you better have made changes enough. I mean, I think it looked pretty identical, but, um, then I just, I just said it. I said, yeah, you know, actually I wish we had the kind of budget so we could have gone and bought a jumpsuit. I looked into it. There wasn't one available. And so I went and I found something similar and I'm so happy that you uh, like how it looks and we had a great time doing it. And that I fooled you. <laughs> yeah, Kristen loved it and everyone loved it. Anyway. Sam Trammell is still talking about it. Yeah, it's his really? favorite look from the show. Oh my god! It's his favorite look I from the whole that. show. He brings it up every few really? years because that was the oh, scene god. I was in with him. He was oh. mesmerized. Well, you, well, and I was going to say that's the perfect segue because yeah. both of you ladies are mesmerizing, and both of you have this—you know—you have this really incredible relationship with the costumes and like how you wear them and how you relate to them and what they mean to you mm-hmm. and how much they bring you into character. And I just, I just feel like both of you, both of you kind of offered me this amazing playground, you know, of, of totally trusting me mm-hmm. and being, you know, really open to all the crazy stuff that it brought in the room. And, you know, we developed this wonderful I don't know, just this wonderful sense of play around yeah. the look that we had to achieve. And I that that is also very special to me. Like that's not, you don't get that all the time. To have an, you know, to yeah. have two actors who are so just into it and like loving it and digging it mm-hmm. and walking in the room and being like, oh my God, like, like joyful. Like that's, that's also, that allowed me to mm-hmm. do it the way I wanted to do it with you guys, because you were there for it. I could yeah. bring all those crazy things in and get really nuts about it and obsess about the earrings because I knew you would enjoy it and, and, and love it. And it would mean even more. Well, I think even just bringing up those, you know, the examples of Pam's outfits versus Jessica's outfits kind of comes to my yeah. next question, which is the range, yeah. right? What mm, you doing? Because right. obviously Pam is designer and thoughtful, yeah. curated pieces. And then yeah. you have Jessica, who's basically in hand-me-downs or whatever Bill can find. Or right. I remembered <laughs> at one point you you described it to me. <laughs> <laughs> which I've never forgotten as Walmart oh. chic. Oh, yes. so the idea being that it's something you could buy off the rack, <laughs> right? but we were going to tailor it and accessorize it so that it looked cute for TV in the way that yes. we needed it to. But I love ah, that idea of like like that. really having us wear things that people living in Bon Ton would have access to um, yes. and, and keeping that facet of realism, even in a fantasy show, yes. kind of going. Yeah. Yes, that was always important to me um, mm. and to Danny. And we all, we both, that's sort of both th- something that we carry out in our other, mm. you know, design lives too. Um, that always feels important to me. I mean, I know you can't, there's times where you just can't, you have to veer off the road. You know, you have to get the $500 pair of jeans. You can't wear, you can't wear the Walmart jean. You have to get the very expensive jean and make it, you know, there's times where yeah. that happens, but it's sort of the, Ideally, it is fun to like, yeah, use the things that the actual character would have access to. And then for some, for Pam, of course, that's literally anything, right? (laughs) It's like, it could be 500 years old. It could be couture. It could be like, you know, some lady she ate and then stole our jewelry. You know, it's like, it's anything Mm -hmm. really. Speaking of things that are old... And we're talking to you in season four, but we do have coming up my flashbacks to when I was made. Yes. And yes. So yes, historical that was yeah. all like so important oh. to me. And and you yes. we had multiple fittings for that. We went to the Western costume and we got original yes. vintage. We you mm-hmm. also made that mm-hmm. first time we see her, I believe, that mm-hmm. whole outfit was constructed yeah. and you picked all the fabrics and the layer. I mean, it was yeah. an incredible piece. Thank you. Yeah, that was a beautiful. And the hat, I remember working on that hat mm. the night before, oh. right? Yeah, I remember sitting right. on the ground and making the hat. And then we had to make a multiple. So one of the costumers, 
Elizabeth, she sat with me and it was actually really one, it's a wonderful memory. We like sat there at 10 PM sewing on the feathers and right. Cause you had this little amazing little, yes. right. Burgundy yeah. sort of feathered right. hat. Um, and yes. you know, my, my background is also in mil- millinery. So it was like a very, uh, it was a very soothing thing for me to do the night before. Cause I was so uh, excited. And then to be able to put the final touches on the hat really felt like the special kind of crowning thing. But um, yeah, I mean, the ability to build a whole historical look like that is astonishing, you know, and it's, yeah, yeah it's what, it's what I think designers always want to do. And increasingly the problem is budget and time and just having the mm-hmm. cutter fitter who has the, you know, you can carve out the time and you can make sure she's got the time to, or he's got the time to make the pattern and get the fabric and get it in from New York and there's not enough and they have to replace <laughs> it. And then from mood, and the, but you know, it's like, and that's just you know, that's just a tiny taste of all the things it takes. And then suddenly there's a change in the schedule and suddenly they have to make something different for someone else and you need multiples. And suddenly that time for that special thing is gone. And then you have to work on the weekend. You have mm-hmm. to get approval. And, you know, it's just like crazy. And that costume yeah. I'm remembering, because I forgot that we had to have multiples of that 1905 stunning mm-hmm. creation because yeah. it's written that I get splattered with blood. Right. So how many yeah. times did you, well, we had a couple of things yeah, multiple times where we would know what was in the script we were fitting for, but then yeah. the next script would come out and, oh no, they go yes. and have a blood war. Something new is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to yeah. ca- decapitate the thousandth person uh. and... <clears throat> How was that where you would get that news where you're like, oh, so I've now got to get five more of this thing that I got one of because I didn't Mm. know. Well, I learned pretty quickly that it was a bad idea to only use a one -er. (laughs) <laughs> especially if you have like a wraparound, if you know, you know, you're ending a scene and starting it and they're not quite sure what's going to happen in the next episode. <laughs> um, so right. I, I think I learned early on to try to have multiples as often as possible and really only use something that was rental or, you know, some wonderful vintage, whatever, like when I had a very clear sense of the scene mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. already like, you saw the whole beginning, middle and end. Um, but yes, I mean, there have been times that there have been a couple, I mean, trying to recreate something as a double is a nightmare. You know, if you need to sort of, I mean, I had to do it on my last show. I had to pr- get fabric printed. You know, that's mm. what you get into this very complicated business and very mm. expensive business. If you can't, if you can't, if you're unable to get a double of something and suddenly then you need one, um, right. especially if you've already shot something, obviously it's it, then you're looking at fabric printing and all kinds of stuff. But um, I have to say that luckily I was able to, if I, if it wasn't clear from the script or if we weren't sure what was happening in the, in the wraparound episode or the beginning of the next season, I would do my best to get as much information as I could be like, so what do you think is this? But, but really I always backed myself up, especially at the end of the Mm -hmm. season. Like I wouldn't Mm -hmm. put any of y'all in something singular because I knew that anything could happen in the beginning of the next season. And even if they were like, oh no, it's not going to be, there could be a blood war. Yeah. And no one knew until, you know, they were writing yeah. months before we got back. So, um, yeah, I mean, I learned so much about multiples and I'm very multiple aggressive in all of my other shows because of that. Those, you put that on your resume. Those lessons. Your multiple aggressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. That's but. so great. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a big, it's a big thing. I mean, yeah. I always feel like it's so irresponsible if a designer just casually uses some something sing, that's a single. Yeah. Like, I just mm-hmm. am like, what are you doing? Because it really just screws <laughs> the whole crew, you know, just screws yeah. everybody. And it just means mm-hmm. like a huge expense later and a lot of stress. Oh my God. I've had, you know, situations where I've heard on set where they're like, well, we have to spray <laughs> with blood, but we only have one of the, you know, the shirt. So aim for face. And I'm like, great. What? You know, like this is, this is mm-hmm. now what's determining how this looks is because we don't have a thing. And so, you know, having that support from every single department right. is grateful because yeah. it just means everyone can do their job more easily. And then when it does yeah. happen, you're... Yeah happy to accommodate because you know it's not a pattern. Yeah. 
Yes. And mm-hmm. always, we would always also have, like, we would say we had four, but we would have five. <laughs> because just in case, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it's you like they know. might say we'll do it. And that, you know, but if we, you know, we never want to hold up camera. You never want to screw up the action. You never right. want to be, you know, for them to be waiting on you. Um, but can I say one, can I tell one funny story about multiples? Please. Okay. Yeah. So the, the best and strongest, most intense lesson I learned about multiples on True Blood was, I think, season one, episode. I mean, episode four, when I had just taken over, it might've been five. It was that run where Suki runs to, right? Runs Virgin across. Gothic 90 yeah. is on yeah. my list. Okay. Right. So that Virgin, what, what did you call it? Virgin Gothic. <laughs> the Virgin Gothic 90. That's yes, the Virgin Gothic 90. So Raelle <laughs> Tucker had this very intense imagination of how that should yes. look, right? And we know it's just so romance novel, so out there, <laughs> runny. I mean, incredible. And she had all these ideas and it was so clear to me what she wanted and what I wanted. And so we started working on it. And the director had some different ideas. And I remember it was sort of like, it was kind of difficult to get there, but ultimately mm-hmm. Raelle was able to really convince everyone. And that's when we came of that, like, you mm-hmm. know, then we went crazy with that look. And I mean, wow. I love it so much. And it's just so over the top. And it just, right, it just takes you to a whole other level of yeah. storytelling. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're suddenly in it a does. different show almost. It's like yeah. so extreme in a great way, right? Yes. Okay, so there's, I love that look. And then the thing that taught me about multiples. All right. So it's when the first time, okay, it's the time that Sookie goes to Svankasia and she looks like a snack, right? He says she looks like a snack. Yes. She's wearing that white. Yeah. Right. With the red flowers. Yes. No, no, just the white. The the white eyelet. The white eyelet. Right. The white eyelet. It's very like. Yes. Oh my God. I know it's coming. Yes. Okay. And that was the one where basically. I think, do you vomit blood on her? Like there's a blood cannon. She Long gets vomited. Shadow. On Long it shadow. It explodes, right? Long shadow yeah. was so, staked and it was yes. a hose of blood with gallons buckets. going through that buckets hose. Buckets. Gallons. And like, and all kinds of nernies, right? Like yeah. sticky, <laughs> yep. like just all the stuff. Okay. So I was so excited and nervous and it was in the beginning of taking over, right? That was maybe episode five. Nine. Maybe it was not it was nine. Thank you. Okay. I know, so it's you know, the I was reason still I'm getting made. right. Thank you. I was like, you know, learning how to ride this crazy horse. And I thought we needed like six of those dresses. Right. And so I was working with Zandra, our incredible tailor and 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 um made to order person, and she was making the pattern and we were t- struggling to get all the fabric. And she was really having a hard time because we didn't have the time to make six dresses. And I wasn't yet tuned in to sort of all of that stuff. As a young designer, Mm. I was like, I wasn't focused on how much stress it was for her. And it was like, we were so understaffed and we were like working out of a closet. I mean, you know, it was just like the very beginnings, right? And what happened was that like it really taxed Zandra and and she made she made them beautifully, but it mm. was really hard. Mm. And I remember mm. learning that night she, there were only two wigs, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> we can't do it more than twice." I'm sorry, I'm yelling. There's only two wigs, so I was like, "Uh huh, okay." So then I quickly learned. I was like, "I'm sorry, Zandra. <laughs> we only needed probably three, maybe four. I mean, and we had with... made six, and so that was like the." the beautiful lesson Mm. of how to realize what, you know, if the director's like, we need six and then you have two wigs, you're like, well, right. (laughs) That's where you sort of start to learn how to read the room and understand what's really going to happen on set and, you know, get with the first AD and really like do the little wink, wink Mm. and like understand Mm. kind of what's really going to happen. So that was the perfect lesson, you know, and I, I still apologize to Zandra to this day. (laughs) Because she did such a beautiful job and worked so hard. And then we only, you know, I think we maybe used to. One thing I think that's interesting that often gets overlooked is that not only are you in charge of what everyone is wearing, you're also in charge when we're not wearing anything or much at all, <laughs> which yeah. is so interesting as a costume yeah. designer. Um, and, you know, the various challenges that come with a show where people are in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, varying states of undress. Yes. Uh, and, you know, and what the sort of parameters are. And, and we talk a lot about how True Blood was, you know, I think doing a, a, a really good job in the years previous to intimacy consultants uh-huh. and coordinators and that kind of yes. work. And 
And at least for me personally, how much I appreciated the care that you took, that I would have a fitting before a scene that would involve nudity where you had multiple options of ways that I could be covered up for my comfort, Mm -hmm. for filming. You know, your team was always right there on set, making sure that we were immediately covered and, you know, never cold Mm -hmm. (laughs) for longer than we had to be. And, And I think that is such an overlooked part of the costume department and how how mm-hmm. how taken care of um as an actor we can feel uh by someone yeah. who who takes that kind of you know puts that kind of thought in so i wanted yeah. to thank you personally oh thank you you're welcome <laughs> you're so welcome i mean I, to me that's especially on a show like true blood that's a huge part of it you know my job is to really enable you to do your job and that yeah. and in those moments it's about it's about making you feel incredibly safe and comfortable mm-hmm. and and protected. And, you know, and also I know I have to say I have the best, I have the best team in the world, right? My costume department was like A plus plus plus. And I feel like all of us came together and had such a strong sense of just that kind of responsibility to our, to our actors, to our characters, to you guys, to, you know, just to, to make sure that, we did everything we can to, to could to make it feel, to make a very strange situation feel as okay as possible, at least from our end, mm-hmm. you know, that you had what you needed in terms of coverage, whatever that meant. <laughs> and you knew that someone would be right there for you, right? That was just, yeah. that felt like the least we could do. And I, yes, you're right. It's so different now, now that there are intimacy coordinators, because I feel like up until recently, that was really the purview of the costume department. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... In terms of, to a certain extent, I think mm-hmm. that you all sort of handled it most of all, right, mm-hmm. with the other actor, and the and that you figured out with the director. But probably there there's a lot of intimate conversations about how to do stuff before previously, and then we kind of stood by and made sure everyone had what they needed. Yeah. I mean, now intimacy coordinators they come with like a giant duffel bag with like yoga, like pieces of of yoga stuff and different pillows and like it's incredible all the gear that's now part of that that I think is really (laughs) great but anyway um that yeah it 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 was yeah it always felt like really I thought I took it really seriously to get as much as we could to make everything feel as okay as possible for the scene and yeah there's so many there's so many crazy options and we made so many things on our Mm. own that you know that would fit better or stick better or work better (laughs) Well, products that didn't exist that now yes. maybe do because of all the experimentation that happens exactly. in shows like this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a very interesting, you know, I'm sort of known to have a lot of blood experience and a lot of like sexy, sexy time coverage right. experience. Right. And I feel very confident in those, in those two areas. Whenever I have to do it, I'm like, okay, we got this. Don't worry about it. This is how we're going to do it, you know. And that's that's fun to have that. That that's fun to have that in my wheelhouse. I'll take us home with two things. One is a statement and then a question. The statement okay. is just for that little fun fact and aside, <laughs> is that mm-hmm. Joe Manganello was generous mm-hmm. enough to sign his cocksock. Now that is a technical term. <laughs> Okay, that Mm -hmm. was supplied to me by the (laughs) costume department, an extra one that he did not wear. We thought that was, you know, better. (laughs) And he signed it Uh and I auctioned it for twelve hundred dollars to save elephants, which there's a. Pun in there that I'm not going to touch. Right, we're, we won't go near it. Figure it out. We'll at home. just move right <laughs> along. Yeah. Um, everyone was very generous, all the way Good. along. So we've been asking everyone, Audrey, which you may know because you've, you know, heard the podcast. It seems, but we ask everyone when they think of their experience of True Blood and being on the show. Oh, right. And all that it entailed to think of three words that come to mind about your experience. Okay. Three words. Okay. I would say creativity, teamwork, and family. Uh, 
I know. I'm sorry they're not just adjectives, but no. I think that's... And you know, I hadn't thought about... I forgot about the three words. <laughs> Shoot, I Good. normally would have sort of scribbled some down, but I think that that says it because I feel mm-hmm. like I was I could be more creative with more support and I had the best team in the world and they're like family to me. And also all of you guys are like family to me. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the the... Yeah the sort of family that we built up. I mean, just this, what we're doing right now is indicative of these bonds, you know, that are still so present. I mean, I just did a huge show with, you know, three people from True Blood. Sunday, Leslie. I I saw it was like, oh my God, it's like a reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday, Leslie, Sarah, and Suzuki. And Suzuki. I mean, it was a dream. Yes. And also um, Christine, she was a shopper. So it's like Mm. my... Uh, My professional life as a costume designer started with that family and that family still supports me. And and it's my dream to work with those people over and over again, because we have such a, such an incredible vocabulary and understanding and respect for each other that, that came from the top, right? Came from Alan. Yeah. Such a treat to catch up and get a little more insight. I hope people listening at home have a little you know, clearer picture of, of really what you brought to this series that they love. Oh gosh, I, I could talk forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, we are right now. We talk like, like we've been doing this podcast and we just talk and talk about it, it to this incredible family. And we hear that word a lot. We hear people say family a lot and it always makes me weepy. I know. I know. And I, yeah, it's, I have to say too, the, the amount of like love and respect for the costumes and sort of this like incredible bond we have from me helping, helping you guys create characters, my humble, my humble help that I've been able to offer. Like it means so much to hear other actors too talk about it, you know, that it was Mm -hmm. helpful. Like that just is like, that's why I do it, you know, (laughs) that's it. That's it. That's the absolute joy of the job. Well, thank you so much. You're the best of the best of the best. You guys are. Thank you. How incredible is it to speak to Audrey again? And just, I I don't know, I, whenever we have people on, especially the crafts people of this show, I always relish the opportunity yeah. to just thank them for what yes. they did yes. <laughs> to make this show so spectacular. Yeah, my my relationship with Audrey is so intricate mm. to my True Blood experience. Like, I, I it's interwoven, <laughs> right? I, it, yeah. It's just part of the same fabric. So, ooh, pun intended. So... <laughs> It's my heart is overflowing. My words won't work. Yeah. I just that was so special to me to get to talk to her. When I'll say I, I found in an interview, she talked about Pam as being vampire Barbie, which I think not only works for your general aesthetic in the show, but also just the fun I think that you and Audrey had in creating that character. That it really was playing dress up yeah. and you know yeah. enjoying every facet of that. And we had that every wardrobe fitting. I could have talked to her for hours about, I'm thinking of all the things I didn't get to say, like the how she hemmed the Walmart sweatsuit mm. to be the most awkward length possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the elastic at the bottom and and how she knows how I put on jeans that are too tight. You know, that embarrassing, yeah. weird walk that I had to do. It's She's just... I'm all aglow. Phenomenal. And next week on Truest Blood, we are talking to one of our favorite actors, Dennis O'Hare. Yes. I really believe that he is probably one of the greatest actors, if not the greatest actor, of our time. There are few artists in the world with talent like his, his, and his, his portrayal of King Russell Edgington is so fantastic. It's just an example of how an actor can elevate a character. So be it's sure to fantastic. tune in. This man holds the key to the secrets of great acting. Well, thanks for listening, Trubies. Subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll see you next week. Y'all come back now, you hear? 
Truest Blood is produced by Safe Haven for HBO. Executive producers are Janina Gavonkar, Kristen Bauer, and Deborah Ann Wool. Our producer is Gabrielle Galan, and our audio producer is Christopher Wool. Our theme song was recorded just for this podcast by Jace Everett. Additional music was composed by Timo Chen. And remember, you can watch all of the original episodes of True Blood on Max. Hacks is coming back, and so is the official Hacks podcast. With us, your hosts. I'm Paul W. Downs. I'm Jen Statsky. And I'm Lucia Aniello. We're the creators and showrunners. Each week on the podcast, we'll break down the new episodes. We'll also have special guests, cast and crew from the show, like Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart. Hacks Season 3 is available to stream now on Max. Be sure to listen wherever you get your podcasts or listen directly on Max. <laughs>